brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. What we do here is go back, 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 back. What's up, y'all? Chapra on the Mind of Your Business podcast. Friday, December the 13th, 2019, coming to you live as we always do. And we're going to get right into it with today's guest. Of course, the podcast is brought to you by the Binge Podcast Network on a binge.com. It's where you need to check out all the great content and podcast providers that we have. Shout out to Let's Be Real. It's great seeing that whole team this past weekend at Podbox 3 which was hosted by Ida Esco of the Verbally Effective podcast that you need to go check out. Uh, it's also great to see my guy Dominic Lawson and his wife Kenda uh, with Al's LLC and the Startup Life podcast. So make sure y'all check that out at onabiz.com. You can get your Minding Your Business uh, tees, your graphic tees. There's no business like Minding Your Own. You can get those at themybpodcast.com backslash shop. Today's guest is Mr. Chris Tavish. He is the co-founder of Venture West Consulting in Silicon Valley and also the author of the book, Comediology, which we definitely want to get into because we want to hear some more uh, about that and how that ties to business. But um, you know, for many years, he has uh, been uh, one of the innovators uh, from there on the West Coast and him and his team working to help companies level up uh, their business processes and um, their various channels uh, to be the very best that they could be so they could deliver for their customers and for their employees. And so it's great to have Chris on. Chris, are you there? Ron, I'm here. Great to be here. Thanks for the, uh, the great introduction. Yeah, good to be on the show. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you, Chris. I, I appreciate you taking time, man. So, man, we're going to dive right in because uh, we've got people here waiting. They're giving their uh, thumbs up and their 100s. And so, Looks like uh, you guys are on the ball today uh, with the MYB community. So I'm excited. Looks like they're excited. So let's get into it. Awesome. Let's do it. All right. So Chris, um, you know, tell us about you know how you got into business. Obviously, you know, you, every we all had our start, right? And um, seems like you had a very unique start um, to your life and kind of getting into business. So you know, walk us through, you know, how you got your start. 
Yeah, well, it, uh, it all started when I, uh, you know, got through with school and I realized that uh, I wasn't being picked up by Warner Brothers anytime soon. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it's just kind of funny, right? <laughs> right. I actually, uh, you know, and, and, and at that point in time when I was young and I was like, okay, you got to make money, I kind of, my, my degree was in accounting because accounting is, hey, you'll always have a job. I mean, literally, that's one of the reasons I chose accounting. And I absolutely hate accounting. <laughs> and so it is one of those things like maybe you could make money out of it, but you would be miserable. But back then, I, I didn't think about stuff like that. And so right. you know, that kind of grew and morphed into consulting and working with computers. And I actually, you know, deep down, I think I actually enjoyed it. But I was, I was living to a North Star of be secure. I mean, maybe I'm like a reincarnated 1920s Great Depression person. I don't know. Right. But Absolutely. And so, you know, Chris, as you, you you're transitioning through that, um, you get your start in corporate America. So what were you doing and, you know, how did that transition for you? Yeah. So, so initially I started out uh, in, you know, consulting like the big, the big five or it used to be the big eight. And we've, and there have been a couple of Enrons along the way. <laughs> so it's like the big four, big five, but, you know, so like Accenture and, and Deloitte. And then I was, uh, you know, spent a lot of time in Silicon Valley, pretty much working on computer systems. So, for example, I was, uh, you know, director of, of applications at Symantec, which, you know, worked like Norton Antivirus and, and those types of applications. And then I was uh, working at Juniper Networks. So I was on the CIO staff there. So a uh, lot of responsibility, a lot of stress, um, uh, you know, enjoyable work, but it was definitely, you know, moving as quick as you can to get the next technology up and running. Uh, since that point in time, I've jumped off, and now I have, as you mentioned, Venture West Consulting, which is my own consulting business, which will kind of do the same things, but we, uh, I'll say, uh, uh, bring in a little bit more levity, a little more fun, a little more, um, you know, why are you doing what you're doing? What's the goal? What's the objective? What does success look like? Instead of just implement that computer system because it's the latest technology. <laughs> you know? Right, right. So based, based, instead of being kind of like task oriented, which sometimes can be um, typical in corporate America, right, where you're, you're just given one task after the other, there's sometimes there's not always a soul or a meaning into that. It sounds like your consulting firm then is able to add um, some of the, the why, some of the, um, like you mentioned, some of the fun, and then, you know, the ability to kind of dig beneath the surface. Um, and I imagine your internal culture is probably much different than what you found in corporate America as well. Yeah, Ron, you nailed it. I mean, that's, I think, one of the, and, and just to bring in comediology, a lot of that is, because, you know, I, I do stand up on the side, and that's bringing that lesson in, because you can't go on stage in comedy, I, and I used to do this, I used to memorize lines and, and regurgitate, for lack of a better term, right. for those of you who had breakfast yet. <laughs> it doesn't work when you just <laughs> memorize a line and throw it on stage. It doesn't come across. It doesn't resonate with the audience. It wasn't until in comedy that I learned why I was there. And, and why I was there is to, because I love connecting with people. I love connecting with people. I love bringing joy to people. And that, what was missing, what was missing from work. And so 
you're spot on. And I was doing things because upper management told me to implement Salesforce. It's like, I don't know why we're doing <laughs> Right, right. And if you don't know why you're doing something, it's really hard to be successful. Uh, if, if you know, for example, um, implementing Salesforce, well, well, that could look different to a lot of people. Right. Uh, if you know that you're there to bring joy to people and connect with people, you can do that right away. You don't need to wait for a technology. A technology will want to have that, but boy, what a difference. So, yeah, and I think that's what I was doing, and I, I saw a lot of other people doing as well, Ron, exactly what you said, just doing things because that's what upper management did or that's what other people are doing. Right, exactly. And so, you know, Chris, as you transition to that, you know, tell me about those early days with Venture West. Did, did you you know, and your other co-founders, did, did you take – kind of a collection of your corporate experience and kind of merge that together and say, here's what we want to do? Or did you you guys kind of come from different backgrounds and you kind of had this uh, merger hodgepodge of um, different ideologies and things like that? Did, you know, tell us about how that came together and, you know, how either seamless it was or maybe how rocky it was in the beginning or, you know, kind of walk us through that, that piece of it. Yeah. So, so initially, like I said, I was at, uh, I was working at, you know, large fortune 500 Silicon Valley companies and I was in their IT department, um, which is, uh, which is Latin for lack of joy. If, if you're <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. I see that for sure. So, I, so I, I was, I was pretty miserable. I felt like, and I, I don't know, I, I'm sure you felt this way. I felt this way. I know a lot of people that the walls start closing in. And all of a sudden you feel like, I don't have any options. I'm, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. I'm making a paycheck and I'm dependent on that paycheck. Even though you might be saving money, you're just like, this is, this is the path for me. And so I felt really stuck. And, uh, you know, I had a choice. I could either, literally, Ron, it was to this point, I was like, well, I could go, you know, see a counselor. Um, or I could, I could go do comedy, and the difference is the people in the audience, you know, don't don't have my employee number. So right, I was gonna no say, what's the difference that. between the two? <laughs> yeah. Right, right. What and, and, and what I found was, uh, and it's it was a really interesting lesson for me. Doing something that brought me joy that, that seemed completely unrelated to work. Like, how's comedy gonna help me? get ahead in my career but it you know it got me thinking out of the box it got me in a land of creativity versus compliance and, and cost restraint and and thinking about ideas and how i could do things and quite frankly taking risks and finding my voice that's one thing that comedy really helps you do is you can't go on stage and just like well what are you people think right 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 <laughs> you gotta go up and like, this is what i think about dogs this is what i think about what happened to me yesterday and so having an opinion help me bring that back into my professional career and so it's like yeah i i, I don't like doing this as an employee i i, I want to do this as a consultant and i think there are things that i could bring to the table that i couldn't do as an employee and so so ron you ask about that transition it was it wasn't as bumpy as it would have been had i not brought in something else that brought me joy to give me that courage to give me that lift from there it yeah was, it, i won't say it was easy but it was Yeah, exactly. You know, today our guest, uh, Chris Tavish, here on the Mind of Your Business podcast. And a uh, quick shout out to everybody here on Facebook Live. I see Steve, uh, Warnett, Lenoris, uh, Yasmin, uh, Eric, Solomon, 
uh, Don, everybody, I see you all here on Spreaker. I see you on Facebook Live, so I just want to shout out everybody real quick. So, Chris, you, you kind of dived into what I was going to ask about um, comediology. And it, it sounds like you, you were beginning to kind of describe how you're tying comedy into business. But, you know, how did comediology come about as you're tying this in? And um, as you did this, did you find any pushback internally as you're growing the company? So in those early years and e even today, do you find there's pushback or a lot of adherence to uh, creating that type of culture internally with your company? Yeah, it, Ron, it's, now maybe I just haven't heard it. Uh, yeah, back to me <laughs> that they just didn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let me know what your Facebook are saying. Right. <laughs> uh, I would say the biggest pushback is, is me internally. Uh, yeah. You know, I've, I've had a career being very left brain, being very analytical, and then all of a sudden, hey, I'm bringing in this right brain, very creative world, and it's like, oh, what are you doing? That's dumb. What are you doing? People aren't going to understand. I got to tell you, people were, were as desperate for me to have some spot of joy in their lives uh, as I was, and that, that's, that's what I'm finding, and I'm sure, you know, if some people might object to it, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not... I won't say I'm, I'm not irreverent in a corporate situation with comedy, but bringing in very, you know, uh, mindfully and, and it's the principles uh, that go along with comedy. I mean, I'm not saying, hey, get up on the, in the boardroom and start making fun of the CEO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah, please, uh, oh, NYB, nobody does do that. Yeah, nobody needs to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And their won't work. Right, um, exactly. But, but I think you know, for me, it was, uh, yeah, just bringing in those, those concepts into, um, into a corporate context. I found that those lessons were, you know, after I started the business and, and started feeling that, hey, this, this comedy had a real impact to that. That's when I thought, well, what if I could document that and, and help other people? Because, oh, my gosh, I, I was miserable. And if I could help somebody else through that. What a gift! What a what a joy to bring that. So uh, I've found positive feedback so far, but but let me know what you get back. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, we're getting some laughs and some thumbs up and hundreds and everything else uh, popping up here, Chris. And so, um, tell me about how it helps people. So I, I definitely get you know the connection and bring it into the the business culture. How are you then taking that into people who haven't been exposed to your culture and and getting them to adopt? Um, something like comedy, you know, into their perspective and their psyche as they're operating their business? Yeah, I, I think the first one is just awareness. Just, you know, I, I, I go and I, I might give an hour presentation just about comedy, making people realize that this is an actual tool. It isn't something just for the, you know, the, the, the food workers and the unemployed. I mean, this is something actually... <laughs> right. And, and, and let me give you an example, Russ. So this is actually that it has uh, science behind it. They did this study where, you know, they, they had people watch this video. And the video was a snippet of some people things were funny, some people, you know, things weren't funny. And then on the side, they were video patching in another person. And sometimes this person would laugh at the same time. You would laugh at a funny video. Sometimes they wouldn't laugh. Right. Different people sort of, you know, rotated it. At the end, they said, who do you like? Who do you want to be affiliated with? And hands down, it was those people that they were laughing together. Well, the, the, the funny thing was, they weren't even actually live people. They were just video clips like, 
paint, you know, paint it in at the right time. But that's the power the comedy has. When we're laughing together, we're like, I mean, Ron, just you and me, like laughing, like, man, Ron's a great guy. I really, we see eye to eye and we can do business. And you know, as right. well as I do, well, do you have that connection? Oh, man, it's like the issue's like, hey, Ron, we got an issue. Well, I understand. I, Ron and I, I get Ron, he gets me. It's so much easier to do business. And so realizing that that's a tool, first and foremost, can make your business uh, flow so much easier. Find ways to that you can connect. Find ways that you can be humble, tell a story about yourself that is self-deprecating. Oh, man, it just opens the doors. Realizing that you're not just showing up saying, I'm competent and I can carry a four. What about you? You know? (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. No, it makes great sense. And I see the connectivity. And, and oftentimes when you're taught, even in, you know, say like communications or speech, you're taught, you, you get into um, kind of an icebreaker of using comedy. You know, often here in America, you know, other cultures may not value this quite as much. But in America, we value comedy, particularly in, you know, in a speaking form. So most people have an icebreaker that involves some sort of joke or, or something to, to lighten the mood, get everybody comfortable. And so that's why I was thinking as you were explaining that, and then also, when you talk about doing business with people, you know, there's two things that jump out with that, Chris, which is uh, trust and likability. And so when you develop the trust from oftentimes the likability, and the likability comes from, like you said, your ability to um, demonstrate that you're a, a normal human being and a regular person and not just an entity or not just someone that's representing a, a brand logo. And so when you can... Um, touch the human heart. And one of the ways that you can do that is through comedy. And so it makes a lot of sense when you're building your business and you're building relationships, which is really all that it's about and fostering those relationships. Um, there, there are a lot of people that are just kind of, you know, uh, you know, there, there's so much about business and everything's about how they're going to make the next sale that they forget that they're dealing with human beings. So well put, Ron. And I think, uh, if, you know, I think we go, we walk into situations, at least I did, um, like, I, I, you know, I better prove I'm competent. I better prove I can, you know, and it's like, right. you know, you don't need to prove that. And in fact, the more that you come across and you try to prove that, the more it kind of turns people off versus we assume you're competent. You, you wouldn't be at the table if you weren't, uh, you know, if, if you didn't know how to work at if you don't know how to Google and get the answer. Right, right. <laughs> so we, we assume that already, but then when you're like, wow, they're likable and they're cool, like, wow. And, and even, and it's been uh, another study that came out, if we can see that about you, we can see you're likable, we as your team will do anything we can to boost you up, to help you get on the same confidence level if you, if you happen to be lacking in that area. So, right. And, and likewise, if you're not likable, uh, that was the wrong answer. Right. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah you're, you're spot on. Yep, absolutely. So th- let me ask you this, Chris, because some people may look at this and they may think, well, my natural personality is not of comedy, right? I'm a, you know, a person that's a pretty dry personality or um, you know, pretty rigid personality may look at it and say, well, you know, uh, I'm not really big so much on the funny games and that sort of thing. 
You know, what would you say to that, Chris, if you were coaching that individual that's, you know, running an organization and maybe they're the old school madmen, you know, smoke in the office, everybody get back to work, what are you looking at type of guy? You know what I mean? You know, what the hell am I paying you people for? You know, that guy. Um, you know, what would you say to that guy if you're coaching him? <laughs> um, hang on, let me put down my gin and tonic while I answer that. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> So I, I think, you know, when you look at, at comedy, and I would think it, it's uh, a lot of people look at the end result, like, hey, did it make did it make me laugh? Did it make somebody laugh? Or they look at, uh, you know, Seinfeld or, you know, Eddie Murphy or these like, hey, that, no, that's a comedy and that's what you got to bring into the office. And what I'm saying is that's the end result. And just like anything else, if you, you know, let's just say if you exercise, if you exercise one thing that you might want to do a marathon, well, maybe a marathon isn't your thing. Maybe you want to, uh, be a power lifter, maybe you want to be a skier. Uh, comedy is the same thing. A lot of people, rather than look at the end result, look at the things that bring you comedy, because those are the same things that will bring you success in business. And specifically what I'm talking about is being authentic, you know, or being present. If, if you're, if you walk into a meeting and you're still stressed out about what happened the day before, you're probably not going to be present being able to work through situations. Just likewise being, you know, present on stage. Right. You're going to have a successful comedy if you're present. Another one is is learning how to fail, right? Mm, is, yeah. Is getting over yourself. So in comedy, uh, if I'm thinking about, if I tell a joke, and uh, believe it or not, not all of my jokes make people laugh. Right, of course not. <laughs> so you're, you're like, oh, I just bombed that joke. Well, if you're thinking about that, you're like, I'm a horrible comedian. People don't like me. Guess what? You're going to be, your energy is going to be sucked up in that, in that past moment. If you can get over yourself, that's when you can start figuring out in the present moment a solution. Why wasn't it funny? How can I be funny? What can I do differently? Well, likewise in business, it doesn't mean you have to be funny or not. It's the principles behind those being comedy that I'm talking about in comediology that really make a difference in business that help us be fulfilled and No, it makes great sense because you know, and here's why I say that because, um, you know, again, we talked about doing business being relationship based. It's about trust and likability. It's also about self reflection and self awareness, and that you can recognize and, and quickly pivot is what I hear with that. That's one of the things that's helped me, and I think it's helped you, and I think it's helped a lot of people who are. Uh, successful to however they measure success, Chris, is that they got the ability to quickly pivot and be introspective. And I think comedy helps tie us to that introspective nature. You know, if you think of like uh, like a Dave Chappelle or, uh, you know, like you mentioned some of the comedian kind of greats, um, one they do is they like the mood, they take risk. You know, obviously Dave Chappelle takes a lot of risk, um, especially in his Netflix special recently. But, you um, he's able to tie that into some of his self-reflection and you know, because he's willing to take some of those risks and put it out there, it mimics a lot of the skill set that you have to have to be successful in business. And so I love, you know, how you tied that in uh, around um, the introspective nature that you have with comedy, going back and reflecting, okay, how could I be better at this? Even if something does work, it gets a lot of laughs. How can I improve it? How can I streamline it? 
Um, how can I make the punchline tougher? Or, you know, maybe I hit the punchline a little earlier, or, or, you know, maybe I add this part, you know, to the presentation. Same when you're presenting uh, in a business setting, you go back and you reflect. And I think it ties on those skill sets that, and, and it kind of lightens those skill sets in terms of squarely, how can I get better at it? as opposed to kicking yourself and saying, oh, I screwed this up, I screwed that up, I'm not gonna get the deal, I'm not gonna get the relationship, and all these negative thoughts come into play. I think comedy helps lessen the load. It allows people to you know, be introspective, but then also understand that they, they're still living, they still, have, you know, they still have another opportunity. You know what I mean? It, it wasn't like you know, death by PowerPoint. You know, it, it was yeah. still able to move on. So I, I love how you make that tie in. Yeah, and, and Ron, you, you said. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, I mean, it's that introspection. So one of the specific things I talk about and, and suggest for my clients is, you know, okay, so let's take people who, who have a, a job and have, you know, heard about uh, saving for their future. So when you start saving for your future, you're like, you get your first paycheck, uh, making up the dollars, let's say, you know, you get a paycheck for $500, and then you, you save, you're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save $5, and you're like, oh, man, like, what, what's this going to do? Like, when I get, uh, you know, when I retire, I'm going to be able to buy, like, 15 minutes at a parking meter, like, right. <laughs> really, this is really going to help me, and so, right. and so, but over time, um, obviously, if you save month after month after month after month, well, over time, that's going to be your foundation, right. and that's going to be how you make a living, and, and, and when you retire, that's going to be, you know, what, what you withdraw from. Well, the same thing is true for being creative or being introspective, or in my case, being a comedian, is that, and I call this the creative 401k. So, just like you invest month after month into a financial, uh, to your financial future, that's the same thing in building out something that you really love to do. You know, take, uh, I, I wake up early and I, I write down comedy. First thing I do when I get up in the morning. And so the first time I write it, it's horrible. It's like, oh my God, really? This is like, you know, I'm a horrible comedian on it. And you go through it. And then after day, you know, uh, and day eight and day ten, it's like, you know what, this is pretty good. I'm, I, I want to go on stage with this. And then over, you know, in my case, writing the book, it, it, it took three years to write it. Um, right. Uh, once I learned, you know, like, a computer and stuff. <laughs> no, there, no, but, but that's the same thing. Like, it, it, it forces you to be introspective. It forces you to reflect it. it forces, and, then, and then you start building something that you actually feel really confident about. And you can and you can get out there and start doing that. People are asking, like, well, that's great. You're, you're a comedian. And, and we tend 
tend to think about people who are just that way, quote unquote, and you're like, they're just good at that. Well, right. they're, they're actually really building that up. Is, is, and, and, then it, and then all of a sudden, wow, you are good at that. Um, so anyway, so one thing that you were talking about that it, it helps you think about it, it helps you become introspective, and it helps you build a craft is that I call creative 401k. Mm, that's a great term. I've, I've jotted that one down. Um, because I bet you have to use it in my comedy special. <laughs> I mean, but uh, so, Chris, let's let's get you know, get into it as we're kind of you know wrapping this thing up. Um, you know, take me to one of your tough days. And I always like to ask people in business, entrepreneurs, this question: is, Take me to one of your toughest days uh, in business. I know you had plenty of them in, in corporate America, but. Uh, take me through it in as you're starting the business. What was your toughest day? Um, you know, and that day that you almost said, "Hey, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna quit this and I'm gonna go back to corporate America, right? Or I'm gonna go back to this, or I'm gonna go do that." If you had that day, and walk us through kind of how it came to be and what allowed you to keep going, because I think you know those are the the times where the characters really revealed, and then. You know, you could go back and say, you know what, uh, I was kicked in the teeth or I was knocked to my knees, but I kept going. And I think people listening to this podcast as they round up 2019, they're looking at 2020. Maybe this year wasn't one of their better years or things didn't go as expected or there was losses. There was um, things that didn't come through. They thought they would or maybe there was health or whatever it is. So walk us through that time if you had it. Um, and if you did, Chris, you know, again, share with us what got you over the hump. Uh, yeah, so uh, so I think, Ron, the, the toughest day of mine was actually when I was uh, it's still in corporate America. And okay. I, was, I, I was thinking about, you know, this business. And I've been talking to people, and anybody who's ever like, I'm going to do this. And they haven't yet done it because I was talking about starting my own business. And then, you know, one year goes by, two years go by, and people are like, hey, uh, Chris, you still going to start that a business of yours? And you're like, look at that Griffin. You know, you're like, right. oh, you, just, you just feel like a loser because you haven't yet done it. Right. And uh, so I was, I was working, and, and I, you know, I have three kids, and I have a wife. I have five mouths to beat. I'm the breadwinner, and, and it yeah. felt so much pressure. And I was just working for, I happened to be, my boss was, uh, I, I was, you know, helping out with clients and, and one of the clients came to me and they looked at me and, and this guy wasn't, I'll say, he didn't stick to his promises, wasn't, didn't have complete integrity. But I was like, well, you know, I'm, I've worked with the clients, I can sort of, you know, mask that because I have integrity and, you know, it doesn't matter so much because they don't have a direct relationship. Well, one of the clients came to me, looked me right in the eyes and said, why are you working for somebody who doesn't have integrity? Hmm. And, uh, you know, I, <clears throat> yeah, uh, the, <laughs> yeah, after I was able to get up off the floor, I was right. like, um, you, you teach that people too, you know, and it really, it really struck me, Ron. It was like, it was a question of my integrity because I know he hadn't been treating other employees right. I know he hadn't been treating customers right, partners. And it was like, I need to do something. And I felt, I felt pretty low. I felt like I was like, oh, but I'm still doing this because I'm living out of fear. That's, yeah. that's what it came down to. Cause I really had to look at myself in the mirror. And, uh, so that was the catalyst. I, I said, you know what, I'm going to start 
this new business. That's what helped me. I literally quit the next week. I didn't have a client. I, you know, I, I didn't have a, I, I've been thinking about it for a while, so I had a plan, but I didn't yet have any revenue stream. Wow. Uh, that was in 2016, and it took me about three months. I got clients. I got my first client. I've had subsequent clients, and knock on wood, it's just been really good since then. And so I'm, I'm just, you know, it's one of those things in life that it gets handed to you, and I think that's the realization is when we're handed a, a challenge is that in retrospect, it's a gift. Uh, when you're looking at <laughs> at it straight in the eyes, you're like, oh my God, what, seriously, why why did this have to come? But um, that that's what helped me get through is that is that ability to realize I was living out of fear and the courage to to move forward and, and jump in a different direction. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Chris, yeah, you touched on something. You and I, you know, we didn't even know this. We had a similar background. I've got three uh, kids as well, and uh, my wife and I have been together. It'd be 13 years in June. Um, and I've got three girls. Well, no, I was actually going to say, I mean, I think with uh, free two-day shipping, I can get mine over to you before Christmas. <laughs> I think I can get about the Silicon Valley on two-day shipping. I have to check my Amazon Prime. Uh, I, can, I can send you some beautiful girls. <laughs> but, um, you know. Uh, yeah, I hope nobody listens to that piece out of context. Yeah, I was going to say, that can be... You know, you could easily splice that and, and turn it into whatever you want. <laughs> but so and bring them to me. Right. Yep. Exactly. Um, so, you know, how did your your wife and, and your kids support you in that transition? Because you know, some people hear that, and when you talk about fear, you know, one of the fears would be is to to leave corporate America and not have any income. And, and you know, how did that conversation go with your wife? And, you know, how was she supportive in helping you uh, develop to, to where you are today? Well, it's it, it, great question, Ron. It's, it's when, you know, that when I talked about that creative 401k, when I first brought it up to my wife, it, I hadn't done my homework. I hadn't really focused on any plan. And so she's like, uh, I'm not too comfortable with that. Right. So, <laughs> so, building it, and, and, and then once you build something and, and you put it on paper, and I, truly believe that's the key because you're taking something that is in your mind and is in the ether and you're putting it into reality on paper. Right. When you start to put it on paper, you start to talk about it. It starts to become real, a real manifestation in this world. And over time, she could see it. She could see the plan. She could, and it was tangible for her. It took her, you know, those, those one to three years of manifestation she started to see that, and she started to get comfortable. When I was ready, she's like, you got to do it. You could go for it. But right. Because I had the confidence in myself, and she could see that. So it, it's a great question, and it was a journey. It wasn't like, okay, go ahead. You know? Right, right. Like Top Ramen, you know? So, right, yeah. exactly. And it was the same for me. Uh, in my transition, uh, actually next month will be two years um, since my transition out of corporate America. And... I'll say this, you know, because my background's in banking, and you know, Chris, you know, very similar. I, I had to learn that very quickly that um, by putting it in writing, it allowed it to be tangible for my wife, and then that allowed her to have something to support. And you know, MYB. One of the things I'd like for you to take away from what Chris and I are saying is, um, when you have those type of transitions, or you're looking to build a business, and you're concerned about family and friends and and all that type of stuff and their support, one of the things that will help you is not just verbalizing what you're going to do, but putting it in writing and show them 
and uh, that allows them to have some skin in the game and to be able to support. Um, but too often what we do is we, we just come with verbalization. We say, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And it's got really no value because all it is is just words, right? And so by putting it, like Chris said, what he did was put it into some kind of context with some kind of plan that shows people that you've given it some real thought. It's not just a flavor of the day or flavor of the week or of the month. It's not because you're feeling sorry for yourself because of your previous situation. It's you show the leadership by putting it in paper and say, hey, I've given this some thought. You know, what do you see? And, you know, can I get your buy-in and support for what I'm doing? And what you, what I've always found is, whether it's a spouse or whoever it is, is they end up getting involved and um, in some cases become partners in a lot of ways with, uh, with what you're doing. So for those of you, no matter what walk that you're on right now, take heed to what Chris is saying because it's a big part. I think it hinders uh, a lot of people. Uh, you know, whether you're in, no matter what status of relationship that you're in or whatever it is, um, put it in paper, even if it's just for yourself, because you'll believe it more uh, if you write it down and have it out there. You can get behind it and gear your emotions around it. So, Chris, thanks for sharing that, man, because I, I think that's really a good best practice uh, for people to take away. Yeah, Ronald, I like how you put that, because I think in, in a, in particularly in, in America, we are we get so brainwashed of looking at something that hey, they're an overnight success. You know, you, you see all of a sudden a new face or a new book or a new YouTube uh, video, whatever, and you're like, oh, they just did that and they're successful. Well, it, it's it's not it, it's starting out very small and just with writing something down and because there's a script that goes behind that movie that was an overnight success that took years to develop but we don't see that and so in our minds we just think hey it was overnight and, and they're just born that way or they're just this way but right putting in the time being about your paper and it just it, it's amazing the transformation that you'll see um in in retrospect and it's, but it's not easy to see up front because you just think it's smaller no one i would have wouldn't have thought in a million years that I could take my comedy and apply it to something that in business and actually have success. I just never would have dreamt that. But day after day, building that over time, and I'm similar, I'm sure, Ron, similar to you, that like now you're reaching out to thousands of people and you're right. making a difference, and it probably, you, I'm not, I'd be curious if you think that when you first started this. Yeah, no, I did. Um, you know, when I first started, you know, and having been in banking, you know, I thought initially it'd be easy because I had a Rolodex full of folks that I could just call. But I was just calling and verbalizing, hey, this is what I'm doing. And, you know, this is kind of what happened. And, you know, and people are like, yeah, OK, that's cool. You know, but, you know, it wasn't until um, I started sending out proposals and I, I put together prospect letters and, and doing some different things that um, now people are able to kind of get behind, you know, what I'm doing. And they started offering up ideas and here's some best practices. Ron, why don't you try this or why don't you try that? You know, reaching out to um, people that, you know, who I wanted to do business with as opposed to just, you know, the machine gun approach of just standing up and just whatever I hit, you know, I get, you know, specifically who do I want to do business with? You know what I mean? Because a lot of times uh, young entrepreneurs, you know what I mean, Chris, we, you know, they, they like to just, you know, another crude, you know, comedy joke. Yeah, they just like to stand up on the building and just fire, right? And then whatever they hit is what they hit, you know, and they hope they hit what they want. But yeah, at the end of the day, what you got to do is go after specifically what you want 
uh, and who you want to do business with. I, I call that the, the DNA of the type of person that you, you want to get with. And, you know, there's a certain yeah. DNA that you uh, that you will covet and that you want to make sure you're doing business with and then you go find those people. And so, you know, that's what happened to me over time. But like you said earlier, that took time, that took development. And so you got to put yourself around the right type of people, consume the right type of content. And, you know, like you do with comediology, uh, you got to incorporate a little humor into it. I mean, I did that too. That kept me from you know, being bitter about what happened in the past or like you said, why you go on the social media timeline and this person's doing this and you're not, you know, and you know, our, our world has become so connected to that and, and disconnected at the same time. Um, you know, we've connected with other people better through social media, but then we've disconnected from them as well. And we use people just to stack rank where we are in life and how old am I compared to that person and you know, why is this and why is that? And oh, you know, my mama didn't do this or my daddy didn't do, you know, as we start coming up with a lot of sub reasons and sub excuses. Um, but so I learned to just kill all of that off, man, and um, just focus in on me and, and, and my family and what I need to do. And, and like you said, break the, you know, break things down into its common form and then celebrate those small wins. And no matter how, even if it's just getting through a 10 minute presentation, you know, come out, hey, I got through that. That was a win in itself. Now let me go on to the next step. And then, you know, continuous improvement of myself and, and being open and transparent with uh, customers and prospects. It, it'll come, it takes time. Um, and I share with you NYB, like uh, Chris was saying, you know, uh, Avengers Endgame, right? That sold billions of dollars. You know, someone wrote that script probably 10 years ago, you know? Uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like they just showed up with Robert Downey Jr. and said, okay, come on, we're just going to make a movie, you know, and, and hey, you know, here, read the script and, you know, we'll figure out everything else, you know, after it's done, <laughs> you know. Um, you know, this was something that was in the works. I mean, even the first Iron Man, you know, I think came out in 2008. I mean, they started talking to Robert Downey Jr., you know, at the turn of the century, you know, that, I mean, that's, it takes time for those things yeah, to come out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, so it, it just takes time, you know, and so I encourage people that, you know, understand that it, it can take time to build, you know, it's kind of like the, you know, the 10 or 15 year, you know, overnight success. Yeah. <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> so, so yeah, man. 100%. And what a, oh, go ahead, Ron. No, go ahead. Yeah, one of the things when you said uh, just let it go and break it down, I think a lot of people, um, you're, you're right, it does it does take time. And some people might, out there might be like, well, what is my thing? You know, I mean, because uh, for me, comedy, I love comedy, Ron. For you, you love, you know, talking and, and, and you have a, a great voice for, for getting people involved, maybe. And people might think that's just who you are naturally or who I am naturally. And But I don't know what my thing is. One of the things that I, I just as another a tool for your listeners that, they can start doing it, and, and again, on the lines of writing it down, it's just what I call a 30-minute rant. And, and what you can do is, because everybody has this editor, right? Like, it's not good enough, that's dumb, don't, you know, you're not going to be, there's other people doing it, it's too competitive, whatever it is, to let that stuff go. And it's not easy just to say, let it go, find your space. So sitting and writing down 30 minutes and, and do this every day, 
And, and what I mean is you just write down whatever comes to your mind. It doesn't, it's not going to be good. Don't worry about a period or a comma or a punctuation or a capital. Just write it down. It's going to be like gobbledygook. And that's <laughs> the point. Is whatever comes to your mind, write it down. After two, three days, four days, pretty soon that editor in your mind is going to dissipate and you're going to be coming up with ideas. Um, I wouldn't recommend being around your boss during this particular <laughs> <laughs> Right. But yeah. you're going to come up with a lot of ideas and you're going to find power behind it and it's going to help you get into that space that is your own. So uh, anyway, it's, it's a really powerful exercise. I just wanted to throw that out to kind of help get to your destination. Yeah, so MYB community, I think you should definitely take uh, you know Chris up on that and and just take that time. I, I think that's something you know, to do even as you start your day. You know, instead of jumping up in the morning and using the bathroom and you know, of course, take your dog out and all that type of thing. But instead of jumping on the social media timelines and all that, as soon as you wake up in the morning, take some time to just do that. Just jot down without the filter and without. Uh, you know that that internal editor. You know I, when you say editor, it makes me think. You know we were joking about uh, old times. It makes me think of the old uh, chief at you know the, the Daily Planet and the Superman cartoons. That you know just the old rubbish guy that you know is going to watch every period and every comma and and nail you to the wall for you know using uh, you know the wrong or hyperbole or whatever. Um, you know so you know, get that guy out of your head. And, and just jot down, just jot down thoughts and, and jot down feelings and things like that. And I think you'll find uh, it'll help springboard you uh, to get days ahead. So listen, uh, Chris Tabish has been our guest today. You can connect with him, uh, MYB, at VentureWestGroup.com. That's VentureWestGroup.com, as well as Comediology.com. That's C-O-M-E-D-I-O-L-O-G-Y.com. Connect with him there. Learn him more. Uh, and if you want to uh, connect with him, uh, do you want them to email you, Chris, if someone has questions yeah, or wants to yeah, connect? Absolutely. Yeah, so you can email Chris. Yeah, email Chris at ctabish, that's C-T-A-B-I-S-H, at VentureWestGroup.com. So NYB, I'd love for, to, for you to do that. Um, Chris will let me know if he hears from any of you, but... Um, this is what we'd like to bring you is, you know, folks like Chris that are, um, you know, in the community, they're driving innovation, but they want to see people win. And uh, that's something that's not as common uh, around as it used to be. And so uh, we're glad to, to have him here on the NYB podcast. Chris, any last uh, words from you or any last thoughts? Yeah, am I getting paid for this? What you, no, well, you know. <laughs> Well, you know what? We I think we I, I have to get what's my let me get with my CFO over here. I think he sends out like a penny a minute or something like that. <laughs> Maybe he does it through Bitcoin. I don't know. Ron, it has been a, it has been an awesome pleasure hanging out with you and yeah, and man. Listeners, um, and I wish you a fantastic weekend and thank you again. Yeah, absolutely. And happy holidays, man, to to you and your family. And uh, best wishes to a healthy and prosperous 2020. Thank you, sir. All right. All right. Too, and uh, let's, let's, let's go in 2020. There you go. Hey, man, I'll talk to you later, Chris. Appreciate it, buddy. All right. Thanks, bud. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. So that was Chris Tabish. He's the co-founder of Venture West Consulting. Uh, he's there in Silicon Valley. So he's a few hours uh, behind uh, where I'm at uh, from a time zone standpoint. So we appreciate him getting up early and jumping on uh, the Mind of Your Business podcast. So. 
listen, thank you all so much for your listening ear. Thank you for all your comments. I was able to reply to some people here on Facebook Live and on Spreaker doing double duty. Uh, Chad Ron, the Mind Your Business Podcast. This was episode 120. Uh, subscribe, like, share uh, with your network. Give us a five-star rating, five stars on Apple Podcasts. Helps uh, connect the show to more people and it helps grow our profile. So we appreciate you doing that. Definitely don't forget themybpodcast.com backslash shop to get your There's No Business Like Minding Your Own t-shirt. Uh, definitely want you to be able to do that for $19.99. No shipping cost on that. So no shipping at all. So definitely connect uh, there and support the show. Let me know how I can support you, Ron, at themybpodcast.com. Would love to be a resource uh, to your professional endeavors. Listen, have a great rest of your day, a great rest of your week, rest of your weekend. Safe travels to you if you happen to be traveling. And we'll catch you next time on episode number 121 of The Mind of Your Business. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.